Hey there, welcome back. We're doing a Jordan Maxwell binge fest right now. Jordan Maxwell died oh, on great. March 23rd, what? 2022. Oh, shit. He just died last year. Yeah. 81. Fucking, fucking A. Hometown hero. Jordan Maxwell biography on IMDb, known for Spinning Image, 2020, The Truth Is Out There, 2011, and Metaphysia, 2012. So, well, that's a bummer. That's sad. Um... So let's go to Gaia while well, I still have the subscription. I need to renew it <clears throat> so it doesn't expire. <sighs> Bummer. Creating man in our image. Who made us, who made who, who made you? Popular interpretations of the Bible tell us that God made man in his image. However, Jordan Maxwell brings forward translations of biblical texts which suggest something far different than what many people believe. What he shares may redefine the history of humanity this and reveal our true place in the universe. Of biblical reference at the end of this episode is found in Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 23. Creating man in our image. If we go back to Genesis 1, the very first chapter in the Bible, Genesis 1. So many people today believe and have been told, and that's why they believe it, that God made us, God made man. In him, in and they will point to image. the scripture that says God created Adam and Eve. And then they will say, see, there it is, God made man. But that's mm. not what the Bible says. It doesn't say that God made man. In the beginning, the first chapter of Genesis says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But that's not what it says in the Hebrew. This is why we are emphasizing that it says God created the heavens and the earth. But in Hebrew, the word God is El, E-L. So if we were to read this first chapter, the first verse, uh, in Hebrew, it would say, In the beginning, El created the heavens and the earth. But that's not what it says in Hebrew. It <laughs> says, In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth, not L. Plural. In the beginning of the heavens the and the earth, we're gone now. I came across this many, many years ago, talking with a very impressive, uh, well-known rabbi. He was the one that put me onto this when I was very young, that uh, God did not create, he said, God did not create man. There's nowhere in the Old Testament, or what you call the Old Testament, where it says God created man. No, it just doesn't say that. And so I began to look at this, and he gave me all the, the ideas you know, a long time ago. So the first thing we need to look at is, as I said, the word is incorrect. God is El in Hebrew, but it's Elohim. And Elohim means the gods in the plural, more than one God. So the correct understanding of Genesis 1-1 is that in the beginning, the gods created the heavens and the earth. 
we need to define our terms first about God and what does the word God mean in the Old Testament Hebrew. Uh, here it is uh, for you. This is God in the Hebrew is Elohim. God's more than one. So in uh, Genesis 1 1, it says, In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. So it's more than one God. But here's the important part. We'll see it again. This is from another Bible translation where the word God shows up, and then it says in Hebrew, it's Elohim, which is plural, more than one. So God Elohim is plural. The word Elohim. On the top it says the word Elohim is a plural word. In Hebrew, the plural form of the noun ends in M-I-M-O-T. Elohim is a plural form. On the bottom it says it is interesting to note that even though Elohim is plural, the Hebrew dictionary still translates it God instead of God's. This is what has confused people around the world. Because the actual word in the Bible is God's. And this is why you will see in a lot of the reference works, they will make the distinction and show you this, the plural form of El. Now, when you go to the actual scriptures in the Hebrew Bible and the Jewish Bible, it says, Elohim, we shall make man in our image and after our likeness. But it actually says in Hebrew, Elohim said, we, W-E, meaning more than one, we will make man. Remember the Moses with the Ten Commandments, uh, where Moses receives the law, the Ten Commandments from God. And what is the first commandment? The first commandment says, I am the Lord your God, who have brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage, and you shall have no other gods before me. He didn't say there are no other gods. He just said that you will have no other gods before me. The emphasis I was told many years ago was uh, Rabbi pointed out is that God is saying to the Hebrews people with the Ten Commandments, I am the Lord your God. You pick me. So uh, I, there's a group. What I'm saying is that picture of, say, 12 or 14 different gods and each one is equal to the uh, to every other one but if you pick one and you make a deal with that one god then you have a relationship with that god and so this is why uh, god says to the hebrews i am the lord your god and i shall not have any other gods before me so Basically, it's like a young man telling his fiancée, you know, there are many other young men out there like me, but I'm supposed to, you know, I'm going steady with you, so I don't want to have any other young men in my place. So God was a jealous God, but I, you know, it's understandable that there were many other gods. So, uh, thou shalt have no other gods before me. He didn't say there weren't any. Now, if you read from Exodus 20, verse 3, this is just some of the ways that it is expressed in different translations. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Yes, I have no other gods. Then in the uh, Hebrew, or the third one down is from the, uh, from the Hebrew Bible. And it says, Thou shalt have no, uh, no Elohims uh, in my presence. So 
the ancient Hebrews realized that the word was mentioning more than one God. But it's the Christianity today that has uh, caused that Elohim to be brought down Purposely to a singular Purposely mistranslated. Term. And there's a lot of um, talk about this now. It's starting to come out that, that there's a lot of question about what does Elohim mean. Mm -hmm. Well, it just means more than one deity. Judaism is said to be a first monotheistic religion. Mono meaning one, theistic meaning uh, the study of God. But in point of fact, uh, Judaism is not a monotheistic uh, religion. It is, it's the correct term is Heno, H-E-N-O, Heno theology. Uh, Heno theology means picking one God out of a group. And so if you pick, as I said, if you pick one God out of the group, then he is your God and you are his people. It doesn't mean that that's the only God in the whole universe. No, it's just your God. Deuteronomy 11.16 says, But be careful not to let yourselves be seduced, so that you turn aside serving other gods and worshiping them. Hmm. So the Jewish God, the God of the Jews, was telling them, Yes, there are other gods, but don't, <laughs> but don't be worshiping them. First, you need to know that the people we call the ancient Hebrews were not Hebrews as such. They were, in fact, Phoenician or Canaanites. And this is where the you can trace back in the encyclopedias and in the, in the dictionaries about ancient Cana and the ancient area we call today Israel and Lebanon, that whole area. Moloch. Canaanite Moloch. Here we have another article. This one was from... Hey, Picard, stop it. We call today Israel and Lebanon, that whole area. They were called Canaanites. Here we have another Judaism. article. This one was from a Jewish magazine. And it talks about it is the faith of the people of Judah and it's the developed faith of the Semitic people known as Hebrews or Israelites. It is recognized as the first religious tradition noted for its monotheism. Then it goes on to say, the Hebrew tradition did not begin as monotheism. So then we find out that all the people of the Middle East were anything but monotheistic. They were, the so-called Hebrews were in that time henotheistic, meaning picking one God out of many. Here at Liberty University, they had articles about henotheism toward the assessment of a divine plurality in, in the Hebrew Bible. I'm hoping to show you that this is understood in many Bible reference works, the word henotheism and what it actually means. The God of Israel and ancient people's growing understanding from henotheism to monotheism. We see this happening with the human race for thousands of years. Things change. You, you know, one religion begins and has a, a particular understanding of God, and give it a thousand years, and that changes, and add another thousand years, and it changes again. Until today, we have a whole new understanding that there was only one God in the universe, and he created man, which in point of fact is not true. The one article in the middle that was read, it says... Um, we have previously established that the mighty ones, 
are the sons of God, the assembly of assembly of messengers, and that Yahweh was a part of these messengers. These two phrases simply confirm this: He that sacrifices uh, sacrificeth unto any god, save until save unto Jehovah only, shall be utterly destroyed. Exodus twenty-two twenty. Grammar of constructs in Hebrew is well established and well. The translators will correctly translate the phrase Yahweh with the English Yahweh of hosts. They completely ignore the construct of Yahweh Elohim and translate it as Yahweh gods. It's another attempt to make the text appear as a monotheistic text. Note that these two phrases, Yahweh of the armies and Yahweh of the mighty ones, are identical. In construct and in meaning, there are synonyms. Interestingly, the words seva, sevot is a feminine plural, while Elohim is a masculine plural. Just as seva, seva, seva what? Seva of. This is Yahweh is not the seva of, but a part of it. So too, Yahweh is not Elohim. Rather, he is part of the Elohim. School them. Messengers, and that Yahweh was a part of these messengers. So this is another uh, another thought being expressed that Yahweh was one of the many gods. So again, it's important when you see here in the scriptures in the Hebrew it says Elohim said we shall make uh, man in our image. Now it's interesting too is that when Elohim are the gods said come let us make man in our image after our likeness uh, as I was told many years ago this was a mis a misunderstanding of the sentence you should not read it that God said come let us make man in our image after our likeness and then that would prove that God made man no it, the correct way to understand it is that the God says come let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Not make man, but let's make him in our image, after our likeness. Well, that, of course, implies that we have been uh, tampered with, with our DNA. This is maybe a long time ago, but nonetheless, we were, we've been tampered with, and we still are today. We're still, even as humans, we're still tampering with our own DNA. If you go to the encyclopedias and reference works, you will see a lot of articles on Hebrew henotheism. And I'm saying this is because it is a well-established fact that, that, that the ancient Hebrews were not a monotheistic religion. This is in the book of Psalms 82, where it says, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty, and he judgeth among the gods. We see God in the, in the Hebrew tradition is one of the many gods, and he's in standing among all the other gods. Let's see how the other Bible versions say it. God takes his stand in the divine council, or Elohim God stands in the divine assembly, where there are other Elohim. God has taken his place in the divine council in the midst of the gods. So the point is, is that, that there is more than one God, and that the Hebrew God was just one of them. 
That's in the Old Testament. But even the Apostle Paul in the New Testament says basically the same thing. In 1 Corinthians in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul says, For though there may be called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there be gods many and lords many. Then in 1 Corinthians 8, 5, it says, For although there may be so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods, and there are many of them. So let's go on and move on from there. We're going back to Genesis 1, 26. And this is where we, we see the scripture talks about when God is creating man or recreating man. And so it says, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And so there's a big difference between God making man or remaking him in their image and likeness. And what does that mean? Let's see how other Bibles put it. The Good News Bible says, then God said, and now we shall make human beings and they will be like us and they will resemble us. Here in the New Living Translation of the Bible, it says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Common English Bible says, Then God said, Let us make humanity in our image to resemble us. This is a far better understanding of the scripture to start with. Here's the complete Jewish Bible that says, Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, in the likeness of ourselves. So it begins to open up a whole new understanding about why we appear on earth as we do. It begins to look like that we are looking today like our creator. The creators who created us are mess with our DNA and cause us to begin more and more to look like them. So that opens up the whole new can of, uh, of worms also to show that there's more than one God. And so we look like the gods that created us. The reason I'm showing so many scriptures I want you to understand, all Bibles are saying basically the same thing that we look like the creators that created us, the Elohim, more than one. And in Genesis 3.22, and it said, The Lord God said, Behold, man has become one of us. Now he's become like us. He looks like us. He's acting like us. And he is very destructive like us, having wars like us. So the Holy Bible basically says, now let us make man like us. God did not make man as you will see. The word in Hebrew for man is ish. I-S-H in Hebrew is man. But the Bible says God made Adam, A-D-M, not ish. But if you go back to the Hebrew Bible and read it, it says in this Hebrew Bible preface, it says, according to this, the Hebrew word for woman is Isha, comes from the Hebrew word for man, Ish. And here's another uh, reference word that said, interesting, the words for man and woman in Hebrew is identical. Man in Hebrew is pronounced Ish and looks like this. But the Bible does not say God created Ish. It says God created ADM, and then and this is important too. It doesn't say that God created Adam. 
the letter that was A D M. We uh, we humans added the, make it to, to be uh, Adam, but it's not Adam. It's A D M. Here we have the Hebrew translation going back to Hebrew. It says, "We again, we shall make Adam A D M." which means a different kind of creature, Adam, A-D-M, not Adam. And he will, and we will make him in the image of us, A-D-M. Like so many other humans do, even A-D-M, Adam made human or male offspring. Look how the Bible describes it. In Genesis 5, of, of, uh, Genesis 5th chapter, it says, And Adam lived 130 years, and he begat a son in his own likeness, uh, after the image, and called his son Seth. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own image and likeness. So we are seeing that the man is now doing what the gods did also for us. They created us to look like them, and we now have the ability to create uh, other offspring, and we have a son who looks like us. There are many examples in the Bible that show that the gods look like us. No, we look like them. They look what they look like to start with, but we were made to look like them. As an example, a classic example is found in the story of Abraham's meeting three visitors that came to visit him. This is in Genesis 18 and 19. We're told that Abraham and Sarah were in their tent and that three men come walking up to the tent, three visitors. And when Abraham saw the three men, he went out and bowed down to them and said, what is my Lord saying to his servant? So we're told that Abraham knew this was the Lord, God, but he looked like another man. Well, that's what the scripture says. God said we will make men to look like us in our image. In chapter 18 in Genesis, it said, The Lord appeared unto him, this was Abraham, in the plains of memory, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And when Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, lo, there were three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran out to meet them at the front temple door and bowed himself to the ground before these three men. And here he is bowing before the three men that Abraham obviously knew was God coming with uh, two of his assistant angels. And so it says that uh, the Lord appeared to Abraham. And then in Genesis 18:2 it says, And he lifted up his eyes and looked at the three men, uh, was there, and so we're told that Abraham then asked the three men to stay for something to eat, to have lunch with him, and then they could go on. And the Lord said, no, he was. they were on their way to take care of some business, and they didn't have time. And the scripture says that, uh, that Abraham went out and insisted that they stay for just a short time to have lunch, and God then said to Abraham, all right, then do that, but make it quick because we're in a hurry. And so the scripture goes on to say that Abraham's wife, Sarah, fixed a lunch for the three men. And now we are told that Abraham went out and sat under the tree with the three men as they had lunch. 
Now after eating, two of the three men got up to be on their way, while the third man stayed a bit longer to talk with Abraham. So now we got a guy sitting under the tree talking with Abraham. They just had lunch. And the men rose up from the vents and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on their way. So we're told that the men that left, they were on their way to somewhere, so Abraham quickly got up and escorted them a short distance on their way. Well, they were on their way to Sodom. And it says, and then in Genesis 19, the next chapter, the two men that were having lunch with Abraham, and then they got up and walked towards Sodom. That's in chapter 18. But in chapter 19, it goes on to say, and there came two angels to Sodom and at evening time. And Lot sat at the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing these two angels, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself uh, with his face to the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, and I pray you to come and, and be in my home, if you're going to be here. And the men said, Again, we're interchanging angels and men. And so the men said to Lot, no, uh, we, won't, we won't stay at your home. We will just stay in the city and we'll be all right. But it keeps interchanging men with angels. Okay. So the point in this, according to the Bible, the word for God is Elohim and means the gods, plural, more than one. And they make us to look in their image and their likeness. We look like them, so that's why your male offspring looks human like you. So here is Abraham meeting the three men with Sarah, uh, offering them to stay for lunch. Then we see this is a, a portrayed in many paintings in the Bible of the three men, which are actually three angels. It implies also that the third man was actually the Almighty God because it's capitalized in the Bible. So this is the Almighty God who looks like a man and stays and has, has lunch with uh, Abraham. So this is why the Christian New Testament has the Apostle Paul saying in the Bible, he says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Meaning that if you see someone, another man, be careful because it might not be in fact another man. It may be an angel who you look like, but he looks like what he looks like to start with. And you were made into looking his image. You were made to look like him. So just be careful when you're talking to other people. Show respect because you never know who you're talking to. Here again in, in the book of Hebrews, Chapter 2, talking, this is uh, our Apostle Paul again, and it says, Remember to welcome strangers in your homes. There were some who did that and welcomed angels without knowing it. Very interesting that we're beginning to see God didn't make a man. God remade man. He began to change, and this is why the scripture says it that way. Come, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. So today, what I'm saying is that we look like the gods who created us. And so this is why Abraham will go out and feed the, 
feed the three men, and then you find out, no, those are the angels that went into Sodom. All of this is actually very important in understanding theology and religion from the Bible's standpoint. This is something that most people have never heard before, that we look like the gods who created us, gods more than one. So when we go back to Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens. No, it wasn't God, it was plural, Elohim. And Elohim, plural, gods, comes, we give the term henotheistic, meaning more than one God. And it is also inter interesting to understand that in Islam, in the Quran, everywhere God is talking to man, it's wheat. You look it up in the Quran, you will see everywhere that God is talking to his people, he keeps saying, we, we would did this, we are going to do that, we had you do this, we, we created you. And it actually says that in the Quran, we created you. So indeed, there are many different gods. God is gods, and the gods made ADM, not ish, which means they have they saw ish, and then they took ish and remade him into Adam, and we call it Adam. No, the gods came here, they saw this man, and therefore the man must have been like a Neanderthal man, or some, uh, some ancient creature, a hominid, and the gods said, let us make him look like us. Let, him, let us make him in our image. So that's what I'm saying. God did not create man because man is ish. It doesn't say he made ish. Ish was already here. So the three visitors to Abraham were three men, but Abraham realized they were gods. They, they were the creators. And uh, the gods were always pictured as either men with uh, angel wings or not. After the flood of Noah's day, chapter 9 says, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. When I talked to the rabbi many years ago, I said, Is this a correct translation that says, uh, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Re means to do it again. And he said, well, obviously, if there were people here on the earth, and God decided to destroy that civilization of that time, and now there's nobody on the earth except uh, Noah and his sons and their wives, if you're going to have people on the earth, you're going to have to replenish the earth. Obviously. So I said, sorry, so therefore, replenish is correct. Yes, yes. And the reason why I'm asking that is because re means more, do again. Well, if you go back to, here is again in the, in the Bible, in the Jewish Bible, it talks about Elohim, and Elohim said replenish. Okay, this is important because if you go to Genesis 1, where God is, uh, is creating Adam and his wife, it says, this is in Genesis 1, and 28, it says, God created man in his own image, after the image of God created he, male and female created them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. So it's not to be understood, we're not to understand that God created man as the very first creature, no. It, 
when he created, when these gods created us, they said to replenish the earth, implying that that some terrible catastrophe had happened on the earth, and that so much of life was lost. And so now the gods who created us say, go out now and redo it again. So how many people in the world have ever thought about Adam and Eve were not the first creatures on the earth? There have been civilizations here for millions of years. Genesis 1-2 says, And the earth was without form and void. That is an incorrect translation. It doesn't say that. Here it is again. Genesis 1-2, And the earth was without form and void. The English words in Genesis 1-2, without form and void, is mistranslation of the original Hebrew words tohu vavohu. The word tohu vavohu means not without form and void. If you go back to the uh, original Hebrew, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and then in Genesis 1-2 says, and the earth became a waste and a desolation. The earth became a waste and a desolation. It wasn't created without form and void. Obviously, if God's going to create something, it's got to have a form, and it's not going to be void, whatever that's supposed to mean. So, therefore, the correct understanding is, Genesis 1-2, the earth became a waste and a desolation. What are you talking about, the earth became a waste and a desolation? We find that in, in the Bible, uh, again, it keeps telling us, all of these translations keep telling us that it actually became. It wasn't a form without, without form and void. It was formed the way God formed it, but it became a waste and a desolation. And here's another uh, translation of the scripture where it actually says the earth became a waste. Now, when you understand that the earth became a waste, not without form, you can go back to the reference works in the uh, King James Bible, and it will explain to you that the words are tohu vavohu. And it gives you all the understanding right there in the Bible itself, but most people don't even, don't even look at the, uh, the, you know, the reference works on this. The Hebrew words tohu vavohu is only found twice in the Bible. The second place in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 123, where it says, I beheld. Now, Jeremiah is talking about, and this is in the Old Testament, and Jeremiah says, I beheld. Well, first of all, Jeremiah is saying that he was on his bed and that God gave him a vision. The Lord gave Jeremiah a vision of the old ancient world. And he said, I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void. No, it's, I beheld the earth, and it became a waste and a desolation. And the heavens, and they had no light. I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and all the hills moved lightly. I beheld, and there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens were fled. And I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness, and all the cities that were broken down in the presence of the Lord and in, the, and in his fierce anger. For thus 
hath the Lord said, the whole land shall be desolate, and yet will I make it full end. So here we're seeing that God's showing uh, Jeremiah the earth in its earliest beginnings, when it was a beautiful, it says all the cities there were broken up. But it says also in 25, there was no man. So now you have to wonder, well, who was building all the beautiful cities if there was no man? So it implies that something else was going on on this earth a long time ago that we have no idea about, but there was a massive destruction that happened to this planet maybe thousands or tens of thousands of years ago, if not maybe millions of years ago. And that uh, Adam and Eve were told to go forth and do it again, start all over again. So when you begin to see how these words are put together, we begin to see that God did not make man. God came here and saw what the Hebrews call Ish, which was the ancient man, these ancient hominid creatures. And they said, come, let us make these creatures to look like us and be like us. Now we begin to see the actual truth is that God did not make man. He remade the, the creatures that were here that we call hominids, and that's where we have come from. We look like the gods that created us. I'm Jordan Maxwell, and thank you for watching. Very excellent. Well made. If you made his point pretty well. Uh, creating man and Creating man in our image. Heather, welcome back. We're doing a Jordan Maxwell binge fest right now. Jordan Maxwell died oh, on great. March 23rd, what? 2022. Oh, shit. He just died last year. Yeah. 41. Fucking, fucking A. Hometown hero. Jordan Maxwell biography on IMDb, known for Spinning Image, 2020, The Truth is Out There, 2011, and Metaphysia, 2012. So, well, that's a bummer. That's sad. Um... So let's go to Gaia while I still have the subscription. I need to renew it <clears throat> so it doesn't expire. <sighs> Bummer. Creating man in our image. Who made us, who made who, who made you? Popular interpretations of the Bible tell us that God made man in his image. However, Jordan Maxwell brings forward translations of biblical texts which suggest something far different than what many people believe. What he shares may redefine the history of humanity this and reveal our true place in the universe. Biblical reference at the end of this episode is found in Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 23. Creating man in our image. If we go back to Genesis 1, the very first chapter in the Bible, Genesis 1. So many people today believe and have been told, and that's why they believe it, 
that God made us, God made man. In him, in and they will point to image. the scripture that says God created Adam and Eve. And then they will say, see, there it is, God made man. But that's mm. not what the Bible says. It doesn't say that God made man. In the beginning, the first chapter of Genesis says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But that's not what it says in the Hebrew. This is why we are emphasizing that it says God created the heavens and the earth. But in Hebrew, the word God is El, E-L. So if we were to read this first chapter, the first verse, uh, in Hebrew, it would say, in the beginning, El created the heavens and the earth. But that's not what it says in Hebrew. It <laughs> says, in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth, not El. In the beginning of the heavens and the earth, which are now. I came across this many, many years ago, talking with a very impressive, uh, well-known rabbi. He was the one that put me onto this when I was very young, that uh, God did not create. He said God did not create man. There's nowhere in the Old Testament or what you call the Old Testament where it says God created man. No, it just doesn't say that. And so I began to look at this, and he gave me all the, the ideas you know, a long time ago. So the first thing we need to look at is, uh, as I said, the word is incorrect. God is El in Hebrew, but it's Elohim. And Elohim means the gods in the plural, more than one God. So the correct understanding of Genesis 1-1 is that in the beginning, the gods created the heavens and the earth. We need to define our terms first about God. And what does the word God mean in the Old Testament Hebrew? Uh, here it is uh, for you. This is God in the Hebrew is Elohim. Gods, more than one. So in uh, Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. So it's more than one God. But here's the important part. We'll see it again. This is from another Bible translation where the word God shows up, and then it says in Hebrew, it's Elohim, which is plural, more than one. So God, Elohim, is plural. The word Elohim on the top, it says the word Elohim is a plural word. In Hebrew, the plural form of the noun ends in I-M-O-T. Elohim is a plural form. On the bottom, it says it is interesting to note that even though Elohim is plural, the Hebrew dictionary still translates it God instead of gods. This is what has confused people around the world. Because the actual word in the Bible is gods. And this is why you will see in a lot of the reference works, they will make the distinction and show you this, the plural form of El. Now, when you go to the actual scriptures in the Hebrew Bible and the Jewish Bible, it says, Elohim, we shall make man in our image and after our likeness. But it actually says in Hebrew, Elohim said, we, W-E, meaning more than one, we will make man. Remember the Moses with the Ten Commandments, uh, where Moses receives the law and the Ten Commandments from God. And what is the first commandment? 
the first commandment says, I am the Lord your God, who have brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage, and you shall have no other gods before me. He didn't say there are no other gods. He just said that you will have no other gods before me. The emphasis I was told many years ago was, uh, Rabbi pointed out, is that God is saying to the Hebrews, uh, people with the Ten Commandments, I am the Lord your God. You picked me. So uh, I, there's a group. What I'm saying is that picture of, say, 12 or 14 different gods, and each one is equal to, the, uh, to every other one. But if you pick one and you make a deal with that one God, then you have a relationship with that God. And so this is why uh, God says to the Hebrews, I am the Lord your God, and I shall not have any other gods before me. So basically it's like a young man telling his fiance, you know, there are many other young men out there like me, but I'm supposed to, you know, I'm going steady with you, so I don't want to have any other young men in my place. So God was a jealous God, but I, you know, it's understandable that there were many other gods. So, uh, thou shalt have no other gods before me. He didn't say there weren't any. Now, if you read from Exodus 20, verse 3, this is just some of the ways that it is expressed in different translations. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Yes, have no other gods then in the uh, Hebrew, uh, the third one down is from the, uh, from the Hebrew Bible, and it says, Thou shalt have no, uh, no Elohims uh, in thy presence. So uh, the ancient Hebrews realized that the word was uh, mentioning more than one God. But it's the Christianity today that has uh, caused that Elohim to be brought down Purposely to a singular mistranslated. term. And there's a lot of um, talk about this now. It's starting to come out that, that there's a lot of question about what does Elohim mean. Mm-hmm. Well, it just means more than one deity. Judaism is said to be a first monotheistic religion. Mono meaning one, theistic meaning uh, the study of God. But in point of fact, uh, Judaism is not a monotheistic uh, religion. It is, it's the correct term is Heno, H-E-N-O, Heno-theology. Uh, Heno-theology means picking one God out of a group. And so if you pick, as I said, if you pick one God out of the group, then he is your God and you are his people. It doesn't mean that that's the only God in the whole universe. No, it's just your God. Deuteronomy 11.16 says, But be careful not to let yourselves be seduced, so that you turn aside serving other gods and worshiping them. Hmm. So the Jewish God, the God of the Jews, was telling them, Yes, there are other gods, but don't don't be worshiping them. First, you need to know that the people we call the ancient Hebrews were not Hebrews as such. They were, in fact, Phoenician or Canaanites, and this is where the you can trace back in the encyclopedias and the, and the dictionaries about ancient Cana and the ancient area we call today Israel and Lebanon, that whole area. Moloch. Canaanite worship Moloch. Here we have another 
article. This one was from. Hey, Parker, stop it. Yeah, we call today Israel and Lebanon, that whole area. They were called Canaanites. Here we have another Judaism. article. This one was from a Jewish magazine. It talks about it is the faith of the people of Judah and it's the developed faith of the Semitic people known as Hebrews or Israelites. It is recognized as the first religious tradition noted for its monotheism. Then it goes on to say the Hebrew tradition did not begin as monotheism. So then we find out that all the people of the Middle East were anything but monotheistic. They were, the so-called Hebrews were in that time henotheistic, meaning picking one God out of many. Here at Liberty University, they had articles about henotheism toward the assessment of a divine plurality in, in the Hebrew Bible. I'm hoping to show you that this is understood in many Bible reference works, the word henotheism and what it actually means. The God of Israel and ancient peoples growing understanding from henotheism to monotheism. We see this happening with the human race for thousands of years. Things change. You, you know, one religion begins and has a, a particular understanding of God and give it a thousand years and that changes and add another thousand years and it changes again. Until today we have a whole new understanding that there was only one God in the universe and he created man. Which in point of fact is not true. The one article in the middle that was read, it says... Um, we have previously established that the mighty ones are the sons of God, the assembly of assembly of messengers, and that Yahweh was a part of these messengers. These two phrases simply confirm this: He that sacrifices uh, sacrificeth unto any god, save until save unto Jehovah only, shall be utterly destroyed. Exodus twenty two twenty. Grammar of constructs in Hebrew is well established, and while the translators will correctly translate the phrase Yahweh with the English Yahweh of hosts, they completely ignore the construct of Yahweh Elohim and translate as Yahweh gods. It's another attempt to make the text appear as a monotheistic text. Note these two phrases Yahweh of the armies and Yahweh of the mighty ones are identical. In construct and in meaning, there are synonyms. Interestingly, the words serva, servot is a feminine plural, while Elohim is the masculine plural, just as seva, seva, seva what? Seva of. This is Yahweh is not the seva of, but a part of it, so too. Yahweh is not Elohim, rather, he is part of the Elohim. School them. Messengers, and that Yahweh was a part of these messengers. So this is another uh, another thought being expressed that Yahweh was one of the many gods. So again, it's important when you see here in the scriptures in the Hebrew it says Elohim says we shall make uh, man in our image. Now it's interesting too is that when Elohim are the gods said come let us make man in our image after our likeness 
uh, as I was told many years ago, this was a, mis, a misunderstanding of the sentence. You should not read it that God said, come let us make man in our image after our likeness, and then that would prove that God made man. No. It, the correct way to understand it is that the God says, come let us make man in our image after our likeness. Not make man, but let's make him in our image after our likeness. Well, that, of course, implies that we have been uh, tampered with, with our DNA. This is maybe a long time ago, but nonetheless, we were, we've were we been tampered with, and we still are today. We're still, even as humans, we're still tampering with our own DNA. If you go to the encyclopedias and reference works, you will see a lot of articles on Hebrew henotheism. I'm saying this is because it is a well-established fact that, that, that the ancient Hebrews were not a monotheistic religion. This is in the book of Psalms 82, where it says, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty, and he judgeth among the gods. And we see God in the, in the Hebrew tradition is one of the many gods, and he's in standing among all the other gods. Let's see how the other Bible versions say it. God takes his stand in the divine council, or Elohim God stands in the divine assembly, where there are other Elohim. God has taken his place in the divine council in the midst of the gods. So the point is that, that there is more than one God, and that the Hebrew God was just one of them. That's in the Old Testament, but even the Apostle Paul in the New Testament says basically the same thing. In 1 Corinthians in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul says, For though there may be called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there be gods many and lords many. Then in 1 Corinthians 8, 5, it says, For although there may be so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods, and there are many of them, so let's go on and move on from there. We're going back to Genesis 1.26. And this is where we, we see the scripture talks about when God is creating man or recreating man. And so it says, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And so there's a big difference between God making man or remaking him in their image and likeness. And what does that mean? Let's see how other Bibles put it. The Good News Bible says, then God said, and now we shall make human beings and they will be like us and they will resemble us. Here in the New Living Translation of the Bible, it says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Common English Bible says, then God said, let us make humanity in our image to resemble us. This is a far better understanding of a scripture to start with. Here's the complete Jewish Bible that says, then God said, let us make humankind in our image, in the likeness of ourselves. So let's begin to open up a whole new understanding about why we appear on earth as we do 
it begins to look like that we are looking today like our creator. The creators who created us are messed with our DNA and caused us to begin more and more to look like them. So that opens up the whole new can of, uh, of worms also to show that there's more than one God. And so we look like the gods that created us. The reason I'm showing so many scriptures, I want you to understand, all Bibles are saying basically the same thing, that we look like the creators that created us, the Elohim, more than one. And in Genesis 3.22, and it said, the Lord God said, behold, man has become one of us. Now he's become like us. He looks like us. He's acting like us. And he is very destructive like us, having wars like us. So the Holy Bible basically says, now let us make man like us. God did not make man as you will see. The word in Hebrew for man is ish. I-S-H in Hebrew is man. But the Bible says God made Adam, A-D-M, not ish. But if you go back to the Hebrew Bible and read it, it says in this Hebrew Bible purpose, it says according to this, the Hebrew word for woman is Isha, comes from the Hebrew word for man, Ish. And here's another uh, reference word that said, interesting, the words for man and woman in Hebrew is identical. Man in Hebrew is pronounced Ish and looks like this. But the Bible does not say God created Ish. It says God created ADM, and then and this is important too. It doesn't say that God created Adam. The letter was ADM. We uh, we humans added the, make it the, to be uh, Adam, but it's not Adam. It's ADM. Here we have the Hebrew translation going back to Hebrew. It says we again. We shall make Adam. ADM which means a different kind of creature, Adam, A-D-M, not Adam. And he will, and we will make him in the image of us, A-D-M. Like so many other humans do, even A-D-M, Adam made human or male offspring. Look how the Bible describes it. In Genesis 5, of uh, uh, Genesis 5th chapter, it says, And Adam lived 130 years, and he begat a son in his own likeness, uh, after the image, and called his son Seth. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own image and likeness. So we are seeing that the man is now doing what the gods did also for us. They created us to look like them, and we now have the ability to create uh, other offspring, and we have a son who looks like us. There are many examples in the Bible that show that the gods look like us. No, we look like them. They look what they look like to start with, but we were made to look like them. As an example, a classic example is found in the story of Abraham's meeting three visitors that came to visit him. This is in Genesis 18 and 19. 
we're told that Abraham and Sarah were in their tent and that three men come walking up to the tent, three visitors. And when Abraham saw the three men, he went out and bowed down to them and said, what is my Lord saying to his servant? So we're told that Abraham knew this was the Lord, God, but he looked like another man. Well, that's what the scripture says. God said we will make men to look like us in our image. In chapter 18 in Genesis, it said, The Lord appeared unto him, this was Abraham, in the plains of memory, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And when Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, lo, there were three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran out to meet them at the front temple door and bowed himself to the ground before these three men. And here he is bowing before the three men that Abraham obviously knew was God coming with uh, two of his assistant angels. And so it says that uh, the Lord appeared to Abraham. And then in Genesis 18, 2, it says, And he lifted up his eyes and looked at the three men uh, were there. And so we're told that Abraham then asked the three men to stay for something to eat, to have lunch with him, and then they could go on. And the Lord said, no, he was they were on their way to take care of some business, and they didn't have time. And the scripture says that, uh, that Abraham went out and insisted that they stay for just a short time to have lunch. And God then said to Abraham, all right, then do that, but make it quick because we're in a hurry. And so the scripture goes on to say that Abraham's wife, Sarah, fixed a lunch for the three men. And now we are told that Abraham went out and sat under the tree with the three men as they had lunch. Now, after eating, two of the three men got up to be on their way, while the third man stayed a bit longer to talk with Abraham. So now we got a guy sitting under the tree talking with Abraham. They just had lunch. And the men rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on their way. So we're told that the men that left, they were on their way to somewhere. So Abraham quickly got up and escorted them a short distance on their way. Well, they were on their way to Sodom. And it says, and then in Genesis 19, the next chapter, the two men that were having lunch with Abraham, and then they got up and walked towards Sodom. That's in chapter 18. But in chapter 19, it goes on to say, and there came two angels to Sodom and at evening time. And Lot sat at the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing these two angels, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself uh, with his face to the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, and I pray you to come and, and be in my home, if you're going to be here. And the men said, again, we're interchanging angels and men. And so the men said to Lot, No, uh, we, won't, we won't stay at your home. We will just stay in the city, and we'll be all right. But it keeps interchanging men with angels, okay? So the point in this, according to the Bible, the word for God is Elohim and means the gods, plural, more than one. And they make us to look in their image and their likeness. We look like them, so that's why 
your male offspring looks human like you. So here's Abraham meeting the three men with Sarah, uh, offering them to stay for lunch. Then we see this is a, a portrayed in many paintings in the Bible of the three men, which are actually three angels. It implies also that the third man was actually the Almighty God because it's capitalized in the Bible. So this is the Almighty God who looks like a man and stays and has, has lunch with uh, Abraham. So this is why the Christian New Testament has the Apostle Paul saying in the Bible, he says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Meaning that if you see someone, another man, be careful because it might not be in fact another man. It may be an angel who you look like, but he looks like what he looks like to start with, and you were made into looking his image. You were made to look like him. So just be careful when you're talking to other people. Show respect because you never know who you're talking to. Here again in, in the book of Hebrews chapter 2, talking, this is uh, our Apostle Paul again. And it says, remember to welcome strangers in your homes. There were some who did that and welcomed angels without knowing it. Very interesting that we're beginning to see God didn't make a man. God remade man. He began to change, and this is why the scripture says it that way. Come, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. So today, what I'm saying is that we look like the gods who created us. And so this is why Abraham will go out and feed the, feed the three men, and then you find out, no, those are the angels that went into Sodom. All of this is actually very important in understanding theology and religion from the Bible's standpoint. This is something that most people have never heard before, that we look like the gods who created us, gods more than one. So when we go back to Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens. No, it wasn't God, it was plural, Elohim. And Elohim, plural, gods, comes, we give the term henotheistic, meaning more than one God. And it is also interesting to understand that in Islam, in the Quran, everywhere God is talking to man, it's weak. You look it up in the Quran, you will see everywhere that God is talking to his people, he keeps saying, we, we would did this, we are going to do that, we had you do this, we, we created you. And it actually says that in the Quran, we created you. So indeed, there are many different gods. God is gods, and the gods made ADM, not Ish, which means they, have they saw Ish, and then they took Ish and remade him into Adam. And we call it Adam. No, the gods came here, they saw this man, and therefore the man must have been like a Neanderthal man or some, crea uh, some ancient creature, a hominid. And the gods said, let us make him look like us. Let, him, let us make him in our image. So that's what I'm saying. God did not create man because man is ish. 
It doesn't say he made Ish. Ish was already here. So the three visitors to Abraham were three men, but Abraham realized they were gods. They, they were the creators. And uh, the gods were always pictured as either men with uh, angel wings or not. After the flood of Noah's day, chapter 9 says, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. When I talked to the rabbi many years ago, I said, is this a correct translation that says, uh, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth? Re means to do it again. And he said, well, obviously, if there were people here on the earth, and God decided to destroy that civilization of that time, and now there's nobody on the earth except uh, Noah and his sons and their wives, if you're going to have people on the earth, you're going to have to replenish the earth, obviously. So I said, sorry, so therefore, replenish is correct. Yes, yes. And the reason why I'm asking that is because re means more, do again. Well, if you go back to, here is again in the, in the Bible, in the Jewish Bible, it talks about Elohim, and Elohim said replenish. Okay, this is important because if you go to Genesis 1, where God is, uh, is creating Adam and his wife, it says, this is in Genesis 1, and 28, it says, God created man in his own image, after the image of God created he, male and female created them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. So it's not to be understood, we're not to understand that God created man as the very first creature. No, it, when he created, when these gods created us, they said to replenish the earth, implying that, that some terrible catastrophe had happened on the earth and that so much of life was lost. And so now the gods who created us say, go out now and redo it again. So how many people in the world have ever thought about Adam and Eve were not the first creatures on the earth? There have been civilizations here for millions of years. Genesis 1-2 says, and the earth was without form and void. That is an incorrect translation. It doesn't say that. Here it is again. Genesis 1-2, and the earth was without form and void. The English words in Genesis 1-2, without form and void, is mistranslation of the original Hebrew words tohu vavohu. The word tohu vavohu means not without form and void. If you go back to the uh, original Hebrew, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and then in Genesis 1-2 says, and the earth became a waste and a desolation. The earth became a waste and a desolation. It wasn't created without form and void. Obviously, if God's going to create something, it's got to have a form, and it's not going to be void, whatever that's supposed to mean. So, therefore, the correct understanding is Genesis 1-2, the earth became a waste and a desolation. What are you talking about? The earth became a waste and a desolation. 
we find that in, in the Bible, uh, again, it keeps telling us, all of these translations keep telling us that it's actually became. It wasn't a form without, without form and void. It was formed the way God formed it, but it became a waste and a desolation. And here's another uh, translation of the scriptures where it actually says the earth became a waste. Now, when you understand that the earth became a waste, not without form, you can go back to the reference works in the uh, King James Bible, and it will explain to you that the words are tohu vavohu. And it gives you all the understanding right there in the Bible itself, but most people don't even, don't even look at the, uh, the, you know, the reference works on this. The Hebrew words tohu vavohu is only found twice in the Bible. The second place in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 123, where it says, I beheld. Now, Jeremiah is talking about, and this is in the Old Testament. And Jeremiah says, I beheld. Well, first of all, Jeremiah is saying that he was on his bed and that God gave him a vision. The Lord gave Jeremiah a vision of the old ancient world. And he said, I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void. No, it's, I beheld the earth, and it became a waste and a desolation. And the heavens, and they had no light. I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and all the hills moved lightly. I beheld, and there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens were fled. And I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness, and all the cities that were broken down in the presence of the Lord, and in, the, and in his fierce anger. For thus hath the Lord said, the whole land shall be desolate, and yet will I make it full end. So here we're seeing that God's showing uh, Jeremiah the earth in its earliest beginnings, when it was a beautiful, it says all the cities there were broken up. But it says also in 25, there was no man. So now you have to wonder, well, who was building all the beautiful cities if there was no man? So it implies that something else was going on on this earth a long time ago that we have no idea about. But there was a massive destruction that happened to this planet maybe thousands or tens of thousands of years ago, if not maybe millions of years ago, and that uh, Adam and Eve were told to go forth and do it again, start all over again. So when you begin to see how these words are put together, we begin to see that God did not make man. God came here and saw what the Hebrews call Ish, which was the ancient man these ancient hominid creatures. And they said, come, let us make these creatures to look like us and be like us. Now we begin to see the actual truth is that God did not make man. He remade the, the creatures that were here that we call hominids. And that's where we have come from. We look like the gods that created us. I'm Jordan Maxwell, and thank you for watching. Very Excellent. Well made. I think you made this point pretty well. Uh.
creating man and creating man in our image.